Welcome to Egg and Bloom. Today's episode is Let's Grow with Yijo. This is the second episode of the podcast and Yijo will be joining us. Today we don't have any tea on us. I don't think I do. Um, that's just because it's a little bit too late in the day to have some tea time. But we are going to maybe mention what our favorite teas are because that's classic. And uh, I'm just going to start off by introducing Yijo a bit. And Yijo is a student at Rutgers and she is also within the same internship as myself. And that is how we met. So Yijo, I'm going to start off with my first question of the day. What type of tea is your favorite to drink? I think jasmine tea. I just love like the smell of it. It's just, yeah, I love it. Yeah, that's awesome. I prefer Rubios. It's a West African bush. I found it um, at ShopRite, I think. So yeah. Uh, do you like drinking coffee as well, or do you just drink tea? I do. I do like, yeah. but I never heard of like this kind of tea you just mentioned. Yeah. It's, yeah. It's. Yeah. Maybe I will give it another try. Like. Yeah, for sure. I saw it in the market. Yeah. Yeah, I think New Jersey definitely has a lot of different tea shops and a lot of different tea varieties. It's like I've seen a lot here. <laughs> yeah. That's cool. Yeah, I do like. I am a coffee person. Mm-hmm. I am a tea person. Yeah, I love both. <laughs> That's awesome. I have never had coffee before, so I oh, really? yeah no, <laughs> I'm I a just little. Need it for like school. <laughs> yeah, I think it's like the classic college student drink. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> yeah. So, um, could you say a little bit about yourself in terms of your major, your college year, your country of origin, and anything else you'd like to share? Yeah, sure. Um, hi, everyone. I'm um, Ijo. I'm so happy that I could join Zoe for this podcast. And I'm from China, and I'm currently a junior majoring marketing at RBS. Um, I'm also interning at CJHR, working on my projects about menstruation rights in China, especially the issues of purity poverty and purity shaming. Yeah, that's me. Awesome. So, Yijou, if you could do anything right now, what is your favorite, absolute favorite thing to do? Uh, I guess just travel somewhere and then see new people, mm-hmm. eat new food, like, you know, hang out with friends. Yeah. Do you have any countries that are on your list right now that you really want to travel to? Korea. Korea. <laughs> <South> Korea. <laughs> oh, awesome. Yeah, I just... I don't know. I've been like into K-pop for like yeah. a few years, so like I definitely want to like you know explore like the country and culture there more. That's awesome. I have definitely seen the K-pop vibe and overtaking yeah, the. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah. A lot of my <laughs> friends are into it, especially those that are um, of Asian descent or even those that aren't. It's really awesome to see how everyone's kind of uniting on. Um, K-pop. I have yet to. Um, I think I tried listening to one BTS song and then I got like oh. a little distracted because the music video was too much. But yeah, <laughs> for I me, I I'm not. Yeah, but yeah, I'm a more of a Taylor Swift kind of person. <laughs> yeah. I love her. I went to her concert. Oh my god! No way. That's yeah, awesome. I went to her concert when I was like sixteen. Cause yeah. like my dad, like I, I, I said like, oh, I need like a birthday gift and then my dad said like oh yeah do whatever and I said I want to go to a concert and then I did I skipped school like I went to a concert wow it was like I cried like she's so amazing like 
yeah. her speech like during the breaks oh oh my god like i can't remember what she said but it was like really inspired like it's really like inspired yeah. insightful yeah yeah, yeah. yeah like, yeah. No, I completely get that. I think her her songwriting is amazing. She's able to pull in so much emotion, but also yeah, so much literature. Like I'm just impressed. Yeah. But yeah. Um I guess back on topic for today's podcast. <laughs> um so I just want to transition into talking about womanhood. So as that is a main theme of this podcast, I think it's definitely something to highlight with the different cultural perspectives that we both share. And so I would like to start off by asking you, where do you think you are in the shift from girlhood to womanhood? Um, for me, I think when I was like little, mm-hmm. like the concept of womanhood for me is just like, you know, having my period and able to have kids and like be a like woman. That's like what it meant for me when I was a kid. But like now for womanhood means more about being independent and be able to like control my body and then accepting and appreciate my body right now for like the meaning of womanhood. Yeah, that's amazing, Nijo. I think that that is a great perspective to have on it. Because a lot of the times we are forced to have these perspectives on what woman should look like mm-hmm. placed on us. And I think that you accepting yourself and being independent definitely gets you away from that idea of having to fit in that cookie cutter image. Yeah, I think that this is definitely an interesting area to be exploring during this time period too. So thank you for sharing your perspective on that. Um, I appreciate yeah, it. Yeah, I do feel like, you know, diff- like we all can have like different definition for, and then we'll all have like different experience. Mm-hmm. So we should all feel different about like what we think of womanhood is. Yeah. yeah. And it should be okay to do that because we don't yeah, have to fit in exactly. that image. Yeah. I think that during this time period, also like being someone who's going from being a girl to a woman because... I still feel like a young person or someone who is dependent on my parents because I'm at home. And I know you probably are kind of feeling the same thing being back at home. But yeah. Yeah. It, it's weird because you, you feel like you have like you have to have the sense of adulthood. But then you, uh-huh. your parents are still taking care of you. <laughs> I know. Yeah. It's felt like I become a kid again, you know, yeah. like they're taking care of like me, like the food and like clothes and everything. Yeah. yeah. I feel like I become a like a child again yeah i know it's it's definitely gonna be a a shock going on campus next fall when we have to start doing things on our own i know for for me i have never learned how to do the laundry like on my own i'm very grateful for my parents helping but i i do think i need to learn how to do it (laughs) yeah definitely Yeah. yeah so i'm gonna move on to ask you about what does womanhood mean in your culture I think in like a more traditional context of Chinese culture, people perceive womanhood from a more reproductive perspective. Like, you know, they will say, oh, you become a woman because you can have kids. You know, there, the transition from girlhood to womanhood is, is more like 
from like a body change perspective, not from like a like a you know mentally change. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that makes yeah, sense. Yeah, it's, it's I think it's very like from like for my from my perspective, I think like this definition, both for like womanhood and manhood, is very like biased and one sided in China and also like in some places around the world as well because like women are supposed to be gentle sensitive but men and then men should be you know muscular and tough Mm -hmm. this kind of um definition like the society had for womanhood and manhood Mm -hmm. i think is very biased and then because if people could not fit into this two category and then they will be judged and they will not fit in the society. Mm-hmm. And then I feel like individuals should have their own definition, not just, you know, be categorized into these two definitions. Yeah, I completely understand. That was a very good, uh, very well stated point because there is issues with having So in women and gender studies, they typically call this social reproduction, Uh where we have these categories that you were just Uh mentioning that we had to fit into. So I think that you bring up that point on how these categories are biased and one-sided is integral to understanding what is going on with how we perceive gender roles. So I think by noticing them, we can create a new story based upon what we see today. So I think that it was a great thing to bring up and I mean I think that people should have the ability to choose if they want to fit in that category but they also should have the ability to choose to not fit into it you know (laughs) yeah yeah and then if you're not like like people around you like even your family would judge you like Mm -hmm. I remember one time because I laugh like super loud and I didn't like you know care if my face is like you know <laughs> too like yeah and then like I I was like genuinely laughing and then my uncle like talked to me and said like oh why are you laughing out like so loud like you're not like being like you know you know like girly and then you're not being like gentle like you're yeah. you're kind of acting manly like you're not supposed to like that like you know women supposed to be more gentle and Mm -hmm. then like you know womanly i was like why like you know who told you women has to be like that like it has to be like that like Mm -hmm. women can be you know bold women can be you know just like other men like you Mm -hmm. don't have to fit in that i was like surprised that he you know think about like my laugh like that i was yeah i think people need to like change definitely yeah thank you for sharing that experience i think that a lot of women have had something similar to that where they were told that they didn't fit in with the norm for a woman Uh and by doing that you feel almost ashamed or embarrassed about how you're acting even though we're supposed to be equals with men we're supposed to have equality and I mean, I do understand to some extent why in some situations women aren't expected to do the same things as men. Because obviously, like, if a woman is pregnant, she can't be expected to do the same things as a a man. But I think that there should be less less distinguishing between the 
traits that are specifically associated with a gender. It should be more, you do this because you are yourself, not because you are a woman, not because you are a man. Yeah. Yeah. Totally agree. Yeah. Awesome. So my next question is, how does it feel to be a woman in China versus how it feels to be a woman in the the United States? Yeah. Um, I would say, um, I would say, like, the Chinese standard for women is, um, how do I phrase it? I think, you know, you're supposed to be, when you become, like, you've grown up, you're supposed to be, like, housewives and supposed to take care of everything. Like, you have to devote your life to your family. Um, but I do think this is like the traditional role of women in China, but I do think like things are changing pretty fast, like more like younger generations are taking over, like women are, you know, saying no to this um, traditions and they're like being more independent. And in the US, I do feel like a nicer environment um, and more like possibility for women in society in general, because like, if you have the ability, like no matter what gender you are, no matter like what race you are, you can do anything, right? Mm -hmm. I do feel like the vibe and everybody's like, you know, saying this positive message to you. I think that's great. But I do feel like there are kind of like, I do feel like sometimes China have more nicer policy towards women um like after birth or their menstruation mm-hmm. than the US have. Like I do like research a little bit because I know like mainly um I think like US provide up to twelve week of unpaid maternity leave. Mm-hmm. But like China do have like a national wide um maternity leave for ninety eight days and wow. it's with paid. And like and some regions even they have like like um one eighty days mm-hmm. maternity leave. I think that's a definitely like a like a major benefit for women. They yeah. don't have to worry about anything. They can just chill and relax. I do feel like this in like this aspect, mm-hmm. um China do have like a greater environment like for working women. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That is an amazing thing because I know that a lot of women who are postpartum, they suffer from depression or other... I know, right? Yeah, yeah, and it's pretty sad that they don't get adequate time to recover because Mm -hmm. giving birth is not just, oh, the baby's out and you're fine. You're going to have to... I know. Yeah. yeah, You have to recover. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I mean... Yeah, I I talk to... Because I always, like, scared of... You know, the thing about giving birth, it mm-hmm. just seems so painful to me. So I always, like, you know, ask my, mm-hmm. like, older family member, like, you know, how does it feel to have a baby? And mm-hmm. they, like, some of them saying, like, oh, it's, like, happy to see, like, you have your own baby. But, like, most of them saying, oh, it's, like, super painful because you have to take, like, you know, mass. You have to, like, mm-hmm. actually delivering the baby is just, like feel like <laughs> yeah yeah it's like a major like a sur- like a surgery something it's, yeah 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 that makes sense especially if you do end up getting a cesarean section because even though yeah. you the baby is out of you you still have to give birth to the like the exactly. placenta and 
I can't imagine having to do that, even though the baby is not coming out. You just you just had to exit the part that was know, holding the like, baby. It's crazy. Yeah, I don't know. It's uh, like so cruel. <laughs> no, it's it's crazy. I c- can't believe how how this is something that every woman goes through that has kids, but it's so not spoken about. I have to. Like to like you said, you have to ask people if you want to know about it. It's not just something that's spoken about because there's a taboo yeah. almost about sharing your experience of like what exactly was going on. Like, oh, the kid came out, but how? <laughs> yeah. yeah, and then actually like, nobody asks. Like, you know, when you're like delivering a baby, like when you have birth, like people will ask, oh, like they will like go around like, you know, you know see like the baby like yeah. nobody will ask you like how do you feel like are you feeling okay like you know yeah. all these things like people are just caring about the baby that's like you know and then the women after birth they didn't like share you know they didn't talk about this pain too yeah. like you know for having baby it's just yeah. like yeah like you mentioned it's like a taboo to talk about yeah and honestly that's kind of s- sad because it's I think it would be more healthy if we were to speak about it more often I mean from my health perspective I would definitely be interested in studying this and understanding what exactly is going on because I mean maybe I'm just so impassioned or I'm so interested in having a kid on my of my own that this is just something I think about but I think that having more conversations about what exactly happens when you give birth will prepare moms more like the future moms because how are they supposed to know what to do if no one tells them you know know. like it's just a cycle yeah and then the society too Mm because i because i always because i don't feel like you know having a baby because just like the pain and everything like for now like Mm -hmm. i don't think i will have a baby in the future and i like whenever i talk to like you know males in the family they were always like oh like why not like like other women does it like mm-hmm. you can do like they they don't have any pain like you know like male generally don't understand they can't really understand like the pain because they think yeah. oh like why why can't you have it because like you know oh our ancestor can do it without any like hospital and anything they can just deliver a child without any help like why can't you do it they they, mm-hmm. they don't feel the all the they don't experience it and they don't feel like all the pain about having birds and about like actually pregnant for like you know 10 months like yeah you know, carrying <laughs> like the way they don't experience they can't like feel like the pain yeah it's just yeah it's definitely a hard thing to talk about with someone who hasn't gone through it themselves. And I mean, even us talking about it, we don't know the full extent. Because yeah. I think it's definitely something, though, that we need to speak about more to learn more about. And not just, like, women learning about it. I think men, like you were saying, they need to understand. So um, just going on to a less weighty question, um, what does it... What is it like being a student at Rutgers during a pandemic and before a pandemic? Because as you are a junior, you were there last year and the year before. Yeah, I think I just love the campus. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, before a pandemic, you know, everything's like normal. Like after it, like, like, you know, even going out, you know, enjoying like the the sun is kind of like a 
luxury for you like yeah. you just like in your room because i i live in like i was living in, like a part apartment mm-hmm. and then i was just being in my room like all day it's just oh my so God. depressed yeah what's your favorite campus <laughs> uh i don't know i love livingston i love college yeah. app it's like a different vibe yeah um uh, i don't know like i think i love um college app more because there's more food there <laughs> more food yes yeah. yeah yeah i was just there um on tuesday actually because my uh cousin's graduating so we were gonna check oh. it out for a bit and we were at evelyn's which is a mediterranean restaurant and it looked pretty good yeah oh is it which which avenue like which road is i think it? it's oh, i think i i think it's easton ave and it's across from taqueria oh yeah i think is it expensive is that one i think so pretty, like, yeah i never tried that one but that one looks pretty good like from yeah. outside like yeah, yeah it looks like pretty expensive like, <laughs> <laughs> i've never like been there yeah. yeah that makes sense i mean it's it's really hard to get to all these restaurants where they're all they all cost money it's nothing's free i know yeah, yeah. we're all only students yes for sure <laughs> So, what do you do to relax when you're not doing schoolwork? <laughs> uh, I watch movies. I love movies, like, all kinds of movies, like, uh, like, I just love it. I love, I used to, like, roll, like, um, movie, like, analysis after I watched them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, yeah, I love it. And I, I actually took, like, film class in, mm-hmm. at Rutgers. It was like super interesting like to learn all like the the male gaze and everything like from like a sociology aspect it's yeah like really interesting yeah wow, i awesome. wish i could like learn more about it if i have like chance i would definitely take more like film classes in the future oh that's so cool i think that having those other hobbies and all those other interests are really what makes us like three-dimensional per- persons rather than just being someone who does blah major and that's all they do you know? i know yeah yeah that's awesome yeah it's definitely you know a way to chill like movies mm-hmm. and shows yeah for yeah. sure so this is going to be another back to more of a weighty question um how does your racial identity impact your womanhood mm, i think um i i feel like my family is pretty open as mm-hmm. like a chinese family and like they support my decision most of the time but my chinese background still have like a huge impact on my perception of womanhood and my other personal values mm-hmm. um i just feel uh sometimes i don't know how to phrase it but like there are it's just like so hard to be like a not how do i say it not like traditional chinese girl yeah. in this society like you'll be judged like if you're more if you you're how do i say more modern it? are you trying to say like someone who's more yeah, modern has like less of a burden or more of a burden on them for from society like, yeah like you know more like independent and mm-hmm. more like diverse and more like open and they will think like sometimes they will 
like they will say like oh i'm being like westernized yeah like you know being like you know too like you know act too much like freely like you know oh i say like oh i need to like have freedom and they will think like you know oh you're being westernized like yeah (laughs) that's very interesting i I think that we are definitely, though, I mean, relative to other countries, we are lucky that we even have, like, a semblance of independence. Yeah, definitely. Because there's some countries where women are still seen as, like, property. And I know. It's, in, it's yeah. crazy. <laughs> yeah, I can't believe it's, like, 21st century. Like, yeah. I understand, like, you know, like, a few hundred years ago, mm-hmm. like, in China, too, like, women are, like, property. But I still feel like the... It's just like some Chinese traditional values still like really deeply rooted in the society even now. Mm-hmm. Like, I feel like sometimes I talk to men, especially like older men, mm-hmm. they will kind of consider like women as their property, like in some way. Mm-hmm. Um, they will. They will take it for granted, like you mm-hmm. know, they will have like you you know women supposed to do this for them mm-hmm. as wives. It's just like women do have like a lower social status than men, mm. um, but luckily we do have like a lot of changes, like you know movements, mm-hmm. whether like thanks for like the social media, like you know people speaking up, yeah, and we do have like you know, you know like lawsuits and other like things going on that's. I think that's been changing like this couple of years is changing pretty fast and yeah. do feel like compared to a few years ago the environment like in general is become more friendly and then nicer to like the female group yes i think so too i i definitely have been noticing i mean with the me too movement there was definitely mm-hmm. a shift in perspectives on specifically sexual assaults within women so i think that that is definitely a good thing to see a change uh just to move on to our next topic that is related to this i just wanted to know if you had any woman related topics that you wanted to speak on um i do like i because like my project is related to menstruation i do feel like this is a really big thing um for women and for other people too, like non-binary people who are menstruating as well, because mm-hmm. issues like period poverty and period shaming is leading women to deny or even hide their womanhood because they think, because they feel ashamed of themselves for bleeding and they they don't they they hate. Cause I used to be like that. I hate like menstruate. Like I hate my period every time. Cause I have like cramps and everything. I just mm-hmm. it's too too much trouble. And I I just hate being a woman. I always like oh why can't I be like a man? You know I don't have any issues like this. Mm-hmm. I think I think like taboos like this. Like people don't talk about it makes it harder for women to like accept and appreciate their body and then you know being a woman themselves you know sometimes we say oh we you know we celebrate as women but like we don't actually 
you know, celebrate, like accepting us as women, like physically. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I do feel like this is like a really important issue to talk about globally, and it's just too much shame and like you know misinformation regarding menstruation, whether um in the society or especially on like the ads, mm-hmm. like they're really you know kind of like portray menstruation as a problem like Mm -hmm. and then how they should how the consumers consumers should use their products to fix the problem and then you know how the consumers can become you know more oh like free and then more happy after use their product which is not it's just we definitely need to change the the whole thing about like the the commercials regarding the menstrual products yeah thank you so much for sharing on this yujo i'm really grateful to have your own experience and also your um, a little bit of your project so if any of the listeners want to get more on your project where can they find it located um i i'm still working on it but i think um i can definitely like um you know maybe let you share like i will send you the the link after i finish and you can put it in your podcast so like people can see it if they're interested in more about like menstruation for sure i will definitely add this to the show notes once you have finished and finalized what you got going on and i'm so excited to get to see it and share it with other people yes (laughs) so thank you yeah for sure so I just want to move on to some of our final questions for today. And these are, what are your professional plans? And this could be for the summer. This could be in the future, like as a adult adult, you know. And what are your personal plans? Yeah, so. Uh, I think for like the summer, I just, I'm trying to get like internship, like because I'm a junior now I definitely like need an internship but mm-hmm. if not I probably go travel and then I don't know do something new I think I do wanna um um you know watch more movies and maybe um just try different things I always want to learn how to photoshop and do video editing so oh. I can like you know yeah, it's always cool to me, and I didn't have the time to do it because, like, you know, I was busy with other things in yeah. school. So maybe if I can't find an internship, I will, like, have time for like, learning new skills like that. Yeah. And I do want to, maybe I want to volunteer, like, in an organization for anti-bullying in schools, if that's possible. Um, um, for other plans, like, in the future... Because we're talking about um, womanhood, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't know. But I, for me, I'm not ready for being a mother myself. Because yeah. I just feel like for like for right now or even in the future, I feel just too much responsibility to have a kid, you mm-hmm. know. You have to provide like a f- nice environment. And then, yeah, I think I definitely need to take off take care of myself better right now so I can you know maybe in the future I can provide like a I can be like the like a strong mother and then like mm-hmm. a good example oh. for him or her yeah and yeah 
<laughs> that's yeah, awesome. That's oh, that's what okay. about your plan? Are you like you know you want to be a mother in the future? Yeah, I definitely do. I've always had this. I mean, I get joked around with my friends all the time for being someone who likes to mom everyone else <laughs> because I just have the. It's so innate <laughs> in me that I just love.、Um, Caring for others. I mean, that's a, I guess a reason why I want to become an educator in the future, or like hopefully a professor. But yeah, I think it's just something innate within me. But、uh, yeah, that's awesome. Yeah, I think sometimes yeah, like some of my friends do. Like they're talking about like oh, they just feel like they always become want to become like a mother when they're、yeah. kids. Yeah, there's just like a. Like a mother nature in them, like、yeah. make them feel like you know, caring for kids, taking care of babies is just like happy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I love children. I mean, there was a time where I definitely wanted to be a pediatrician, but as I got older,、uh, I realized that、uh, doing general doctoring with in more of a like family practice setting, where I would be taking annual visits, wasn't really for me. So I'm just trying to figure out now what works best for my need for curiosity and yeah. Yeah, you'll definitely figure it out. You still like you were a freshman, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I'm young. Like, <laughs> yeah, I got my job. So after you finish all your finals, you have the semester. What is the first thing you're gonna do? Um. Definitely go to like the movie theater, like、yeah. to see movies, and then. Oh, I want to have bubble tea so much. Like I,、oh. I, I really want. Like right now, I do want. <laughs>、yeah. I feel like a bubble tea right now. <laughs> yes. What's your favorite、yeah. flavor for bubble tea? Uh, right now I think it's summer, so I really like. I'm kind of into coconut right now. Ooh. I don't know if they have it like in the U.S., but like、yeah. I think like in China right now, like so many like like. Um, bubble tea store have like coconut flavor, like、yeah. flavor right now. Yeah. Awesome. I haven't tried coconut flavor. Um, I normally we have a bunch of bubble tea places by me or places that um serve tea and other bubble tea, and I typically、uh, stay away because I not that I don't like bubble tea. I just don't have enough money to pay for the bubble tea. It's always more expensive than everything else, and I'm like I, I can't put it down. You know. Yeah, I yeah. know. Like, come to China, it's like. It's not. Yeah, it's cheaper than the、yeah. U.S. Definitely. Yeah. Oh,、well, I hope. And it's like more variety. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. Oh, that's so cool. Um. Okay. So second and last question: What is your nighttime routine? Um. Nighttime routine. I think <laughs> for me is a little bit. Uh, I do like. Um, I do like my skincare, and、yeah. I do play a little game. Like lately, it's called Polytopia. I love it. It's like kind of like you have your own kingdom, and then you like go attack and then protect your kingdom. <laughs> oh, it's so fun! Oh my god, <laughs> I love it. <laughs> yeah, like maybe you can try it. It's like so cool. Like they have like the little pixel thing. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's like. It's like cool. I I love it. Like sometimes I play. I can play like for hours. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's、yeah. great. I feel like that's like. But if you're gonna play for hours, it's like a good time to do before bed. You could be like, it's I, it's I, like midnight, and you're like, oh no, I still have to keep playing. <laughs> I know that's like something keeps me awake. <laughs> 
yeah. well, sometimes it happens, you know. Um, yeah. So my final question for today is if you could tell your pre-university self anything, what would it be? Um, I guess just be brave and then be yourself and don't worry too much because I feel like when I um when I yeah when I like got accepted mm-hmm. by Rutgers I was like the summer I was like so nervous and mm-hmm. like worried because I if I can you know oh I never been to college what if I couldn't like you know pass the class you know all the yeah. things it's like oh it's like a new environment because I never been to New Jersey yeah I never you know the college is so big how can I figure it out and I'm gonna live in the dorm it's still I don't know I just feel like I would definitely tell myself do not worry like just figure it out and then like more experience the college life more and then mm-hmm. yeah because or you will like regret it you you won't have it for like second time yeah just experience and then immerse yourself in the college life and yeah. then you know yeah be happy like the most Aww. important thing just have fun <laughs> I love it. Thank you. We will definitely try to make sure that everyone is as happy as they can be. Because that is, I mean, if you're not content, then it's kind of hard to enjoy this wonderful life you've been given. <laughs> yeah. I know. Yeah. So, Life is short, especially yeah. like in the pandemic, you know, I just, yeah, I just feel like you need to do what you like love. Yeah, yeah for sure. So with that, I want to thank you, Joe, for spending a couple of minutes with us today. I'm so grateful for it. And we're going to continue growing womanhood one seat at a time. Thank you.